What up, Penn State fans? It is homecoming week, and your Nittany Lions are fresh off a bye, ready to host the Michigan State Spartans, out for revenge, well-rested. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. I am your host, Chris, coming to you from New York for this episode. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Pat, coming to you from L.A. We're going to break down all things Michigan State versus Penn State. But, man, it's been a while. We've been on a bye week before we get to football. Pat, how the hell are you, man? I feel like I haven't talked to you in months. I know. It's just the longest we've been apart since football season started. Right? Fucking Penn State doing that to us. How's uh, how's life? What's going on? Going well. Just working a lot, man. You know, just... Uh, just... Fucking doing nothing but bartending and comedy. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Two beautiful things that make this world go around. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm on the East Coast this week. Um, had a uh, wedding in Philly. Shout out to Lee and Alicia Slossberg. Beautiful wedding. Uh, great time. Yeah, hanging out. Uh, two, two Penn Staters. Uh, so hanging out now. Well, Alicia's not really a Penn Stater. But yeah, she is. I'll give it to her. Um, hanging out in New York now with the family and getting ready for Michigan State. Um so obviously we talked about the bye week. Uh, a lot happened during that bye week. Uh, we saw three top ten teams go down, and your Nittany Lions jumped back up, back up to number eight. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling right now? I mean, you gotta love it. I I still can't believe we're ranked below Washington. Yeah, that's gonna bug me. I think forever. Um, and I maybe we just have like a like a misguided hate for Washington, but I just they just don't impress me that much. No, they never have. They, they, I think the committee just kind of loves them because they're not. Um, like a usual powerhouse. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say the committee, but like the the, the voters. Yeah, because, because they're not one of the usual teams. Yeah, that makes sense. But we won't waste time on them. Um, yeah, it's good to be back in the top ten. Good to be number eight. Uh, we'll get to kind of future of the season later on. But right now, it's Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State. Um, so let's start with this. What's your what's your kind of gut feel on this game before we get into the particulars? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's on your mind? I think we come out hot. Um, you know, after we get we get the bye week after a tough loss. Franklin's a great say what you will about the guy. He's a great motivator, and his players love to show up and play for him. So I think we come out ready, and it's homecoming weekend. We're gonna come out big, and I think we I think we win this one big. And Michigan State has looked bad. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to that in a minute with Michigan State, but but I agree. I think I think this is a big kind of. Uh, you know, show up or shut up game, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, everyone remembers last year. We were coming off a one-point loss to Ohio State. We go into – we had Michigan State, three hours and 23-minute weather delay, and we end up losing 27-24, kind of derailed our whole season. So I think there's a little bit of an element of that. There's got to be a little bit of revenge. We've had this full week off to kind of recoup, get everyone healthy. We'll talk about injuries in a little bit. Um I think this is, this needs to be a big one. Um, the the current spread, and we'll talk gambling later too. Current spread is Penn State minus fourteen. I think we need to cover that and then some. I, I want to win this game by like three scores. Uh, it's homecoming, like you said. Going to be tons of Letterman there. I'm sure we'll have a ton of recruits again. Not quite as many as the whiteout, but it's going to be a big weekend. And and again, jumping those teams and kind of getting back into the top top ten, top eight is. Now's the time to, you know, don't just win. Win big and, and show show America who you are. Yeah, couldn't say it better. 
All right, so let's jump into let's start with Michigan State and then we'll then we'll get to us. I think you know we talk about us all the time. So let's preview preview our enemy. Um, Michigan State, you mentioned it earlier, has been uh, unimpressive to say the least this year. Uh, they opened up at number eleven, and we we agree that preseason rankings are kind of dumb, so it doesn't really matter. But I mean, they had a lot of hype coming into this year at number eleven. That's that's pretty high. They are three and two on the season, so they have wins over Utah State. Indiana and Central Michigan, um, not the the greatest strength of schedule there. Uh, Utah State, though, as I was going through my research, they are kind of not quite uh, App State, but in that similar uh, category of like a team that you know scared scared a top twenty five week one, and they've actually won every game since then and doing so pretty well. I mean, obviously they're playing lesser competition, but they they are lesser competition. Um, so the wins aren't super super impressive. Uh, losses to Arizona State, that was that 16-13 loss, I think it was week two, um, where everyone said, hey, they're done, they're finished, and somehow they were still hanging around in the top 25. And then last week, uh, lost to Northwestern, 29-19. So I believe at this point, are they even ranked anymore? No, no, they can't be. And Can't be, right? Northwestern has also looked really bad this season, is the other thing. Right. Like, it, this isn't your typical, you know, less talented but really well-coached, always goes out and performs well Northwestern team. They've looked, for the most part, very bad. Yeah, Northwestern is 2-3. and three. Their only other win coming against Purdue in week one. Uh, they lost to Duke, to Akron, and to Michigan. Yeah. Um, and even in Michigan State's wins, they don't look very impressive. You know, they had the seven-point win against Utah State where you're like, okay, you know, week one, there's, you're not going to dominate every win down the whole schedule. That's fine. Right. And Indiana is a 14-point win. Nothing incredible against a team like Indiana. And then right. Central, again, again, 11 points. That's not that impressive. Yeah, I agree. So it looks like they're averaging about 27 points per game. They're giving up just over 23. So, I mean, they're – I wouldn't say scrapping out their wins, but they're not They're not blowing the doors off the stadium. So this is this is a tough one for me because – I think this is one for us. I mean, we both said it. We expect we expect Penn State to come out and, and play hard, play big, and kind of crush this team. I think this is one that a lot of fans are just looking over because of all the reasons we just said. Like, oh, Michigan State's kind of having a down year, and, you know, we're angry, and we want to show everything. And, man, more than ever, this is a time to buy into that Franklin mentality of Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State, especially with all the other shit going on of – hey, we jump back into the top 10. If this team loses, if this team loses, if this team loses, maybe we're going to get to the playoff. It's like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Let's go out and just jam it down their throats for this game. Then we'll get to the rest. Agreed. And uh, as bad as they've looked, Michigan State is kind of an odd team in that if you just look at their their stats, their mm-hmm. passing defense is basically non-existent. They're letting up 305 yards a Atrocious. But oh. – They've only let they've let up less than two hundred yards rushing all season. That's I mean that's amazing. What's what's the stat? How many per game? One hundred and sixty nine yards on the season. I think it comes out to something like 34 yards per game. And Um, they're giving up one point three yards a touch. Gee, they held Northwestern last week in a game where they lost the game. They held Northwestern to eight rushing yards, single digits. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. Like, when you look at this stat, 33 rushing yards per game, I don't care what level of competition you're playing. Like, that's impressive. That's crazy. It just it doesn't happen. And, hell, you're playing a couple of Big Ten teams. You're playing Arizona State, who's looked better. 
I mean, there's there's teams out there. That's just that's really really impressive. So let let's stick there with the run defense then, and we'll we'll get to that atrocious pass defense in a minute. Uh, what do you think this means for Penn State's rushing attack with with Miles Sanders, I, Ricky Slade, and Trace? Yeah, I can't quite figure it out. It's it's either gonna go they kind of stay on form and their run defense is continues to be stout, especially after a week last week where our running backs didn't get a lot of yards Mm -hmm. or it goes the complete opposite way. And, you know, between them having to respect the passing game and trace being able to use his legs, the run game just opens up. Yeah. And, and I kind of see it as the latter. Um, I'm, I'm scared of the former because I, We've, we've seen those games, right? And we've seen them in the past where Saquon has gotten completely shut down. We yeah. saw it last week where Miles just couldn't get going. So I'm definitely scared of that because I think that that hinders our offense, obviously, if you can't be multidimensional. Um, but I, I kind of lean towards the latter where it's, I think, again, I, I respect the hell out of this run defense. They're number one in the country, 33 yards a game. What'd you say, 169 on a the season they've given up? Yeah. I think as a team, we're going to rush for more than that in this game. I, and I know that's like a, a homer. I know that's a homer take and like a ooh, hot take opinion, but I just do. I mean, you I look at what Trace. You look at what Trace did by himself to Ohio State. Um, I think Miles gets back to form. Hell, even if Miles has sixty-five yards, seventy yards, I think Ricky puts up another, you know, thirty or forty if he gets the touches. And, and Franklin did say that you're going to see a balance of them uh, this week. And and you can never count out Trace. I mean, he's. By default, I'm going to give him 25 yards. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think uh, I, I see us at least going over 100 as a team. Um, I, I don't know. The, over 169, maybe that's a bold take. But I think we go at least over 100 yards rushing. And and Franklin talked about this in his press conference today after practice, which I kind of liked. They were talking about, uh, like, does it matter about yards? Because he was talking about the same thing. And the, the reporter was asking him about points. Like, you know, we're I think he said we're averaging the most points, like, per half in – some sort of history. I don't know if it's college football history, Penn State football history, but he asked him, like, do you do you care more about yards or points? And Franklin was like, points. It's always points. Like, dumb question, dude. Uh, yeah. Like, no, no one gives a shit about yards if the points matter, right? Like, you can hold a Northwestern team, a team, to eight rushing yards, and they beat you by 10 points. Who gives a shit? So, yeah, really yeah so I, I do think we have a decent day rushing. I don't think we go crazy, but I think we have a decent day, um, and, and I think we start to exploit them a little bit there. The weirdest part to their run defense to me is, uh, to kind of go back to it, so, you know, like we said, 169 yards on the entire season, and it's not like they're doing this through, like, huge sacks and gigantic loss of yards. They've had 12 sacks all season, negative 81 yards. Oh, wow. That's – I would have expected more. Yeah. that And, and so it, they're really just – nobody's running the ball on them. So it'll be interesting to see what we can open up. Yeah, I completely agree. That's oh, that's exciting. I feel like I feel like through this episode, and if you're a first time listener, I feel like I'm a little flat right now. We're coming off a bye. I'm having a slow start. Penn State, dude, don't do the same thing. Guess what? I'm jacked up now. Let's go run all over these people. That's, yeah, I'm excited. I'm fucking excited. Let's go. All right, and get more excited because we are going to go to that pass defense, who is the eighth worst in the country, giving up over 300 yards per game. Uh, so they are missing two of their corners. Uh, they lost Josiah Scott, who was a freshman All-American last year. That was a big blow. They're missing another guy. They, I, every article I read says, but they're deep at corner. They're deep at corner. They have depth. Dude, if you're giving up over 300 a game, how deep can you be? Yeah, and almost seven yards an attempt. 
and a 65% completion rating against them. They have, they have a decent – they've got a lot of interceptions on the year. I will say that. Okay. But okay. they're they, – I mean, they're just getting slashed. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think you know, if, if, as much as we blamed Ricky Ronnie last week on play calling and whatnot, or two weeks ago rather, I mean, if he plays this thing right, I think you see them come out – you know, take a couple shots early, but really try to establish the run at the same time. Because I think if you're Michigan State too, it becomes a pride thing now, right? You're you're the team that shuts down the run. So if we start getting a little bit on it, you're going to key on that. You're going to want to try to shut down the run, which, as we know, we have a prolific passing offense. We can air that shit out as long as our receivers catch it. We're gonna we're gonna throw on you. I um, I think I look at it the other way. I think we want to go out and establish the pass and make okay. them that. And in doing such, opening up the run for us. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I guess, you know, I, what we should do is take what's given, right? Just read the defense, for make sure. the play. Um, I, I think they're, you know, in the take what's given sort of scheme, you have to kind of dictate what's given sometimes. Right. And, and if they're, yeah, if they're trying to shut down the run, you start airing it out. So they have to respect that. And then you balance it. Okay. I'm okay with that. Um, hell, if we just if we start marching down the field and score points early, I don't care how we do it. I just, I want this game I mean, to agreed, be. Agreed. I want this game to be a fun, nice game back from something that left a really poor taste in our mouth. You know, we've had two weeks to get over it. Let's go back. Let's kick the shit out of these dudes. Yeah, and kind of what I'm really hoping for from a fan's perspective and looking forward in the season is it, it sense that isn't good at all. I'd love to see our wide receivers have a really good game. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, yep, Jawan had like an interview where he was saying, you know, he's yeah. Jawan had an interview. He was saying he's uh, you know he's happy with what the team's doing. He's confident in the wide receiver group, and they're all going to step up. And you know, we've been saying that for every week now. It's just it's got to be consistent, right? We can't have those drops in key situations. We can't have you know drive ending miscommunications where somebody doesn't even know the ball's coming to them. So. Yeah, when you have that opportunity of this pass defense is really, really bad, you got to exploit it. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I just that, – that's what I'm hoping to see out of these receivers, a good, clean game, and it, and it becomes a confidence builder and a tone setter for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so while we're on Michigan State defense, uh, let's talk about Penn State offense a little bit. We've alluded to kind of what we want to see. We want to see that run game do better than previous contenders here. We want to see the pass game open up. What else uh, What else is on your mind for offense for your Nittany Lions? Um, well, there's, there's going to be a big burden on the offensive line, you know, when you're going against a, a run defense like this. So we'll see what they can do. Um, you know, ho- hopefully. run. I will say run blocking is a better strength of our offensive line than pass blocking, I think, generally, um, and has been in recent years. One thing that I do like about our chances against this run defense, though, is if you look at the teams that Michigan State's played so far, we are by far not only the most dynamic offense, but the most well-rounded in terms of how good we are at both passing and running. And it should make it very difficult for them to shut that shut both of those down. Yeah, and I, I didn't do enough research on this one, but I don't think any of the teams that they've played have a real like crazy good running quarterback. I'm sure there's some scramblers in there, but I think the element of trace and our RPOs, I think that adds another wrinkle too, that I don't know if they've seen at our level yet. Agreed. 
Agreed. And the only kind of worry I have is that sometimes we tend to be a little run first. And I don't know how well that old kind of play calling would work against a team that is so good against the run. I think we might have to try and establish the pass first, but you never know. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. You kind of flipped my mind on that one because, yeah, the worst thing you want to do is go out there, run it twice, and then throw an incompletion and go three and out. Like, go out there, see what they're giving you, march the ball down the field and make the adjustments, right? That's what good teams do is you see what happens, you make adjustments. Um, yeah. Yeah, for me – Our pass offense has been – you know, other than the drops, our pass offense is very clean, but it's not – it's far from prolific yeah. this season. Yeah, completely agree. Um, for me, I, I really want to see Trace just have another dominant game. Um, again, I, I don't think he got enough accolades for how well he played against Ohio State. And, hell, it's a loss. Maybe, maybe you know, I don't want to say he doesn't deserve it, but I get why there wasn't national media attention on it, right? We lost. If we win, Trace McSorley's name is everywhere. He had an unbelievable game. Um talked about it in our last episode again I, I don't think Trace is in the Heisman conversation right now and I don't know if he'll be able to get there you know you've got Tua and Haskins and uh Kyler Murray and all those guys um but I want to see Trace have another dominant game and I, I I like I don't care necessarily about the Heisman itself but I, I want I don't know maybe this is just a pride thing like I want people to know how good he is and, and these are the times to do it yeah especially when it comes to a kid like Trace who for Penn State fans are so emotionally connected to. Like, we love this kid. Yep. And we just want everyone to know, like, how goddamn good he really is. Right? I sound, I sound like an emotional parent right now. I just want people to know how good my son Trace Know them is. who you are! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, obviously, I, that's that's the matchup we have to like is, you know, our, our offense against their pass defense particularly. Um, they're only giving up 23 points per game. I expect us to score at least 40. Um, that's Again, that's just a blind confidence in this offense. Um, if Northwestern is putting up 29, if Indiana is putting up 35, I see no reason. Oh, Utah State put up 38. Um, I see no reason why we're not putting up 40-plus and, and winning this game big. So let's flip yeah, to the other side of the ball. Yeah, so let's flip to the other side of the ball. Um, starting with Michigan State's offense. Um, like I said, they're averaging only 27 points a game themselves. Um LJ Scott is their senior running back, I believe. He is questionable. He's going to be a game-time decision. He hasn't played in a couple weeks. And honestly, they don't have a lot behind him. So they're leading rushers right now outside of LJ Scott. Well, actually, no. LJ Scott only has 103 yards on the season because he hasn't played a whole lot. So they have two other guys. Connor Hayward is their leading rusher with 147 on the year. And then Ladarius Jefferson with 125 on the year. So they don't have a lot going for them in the run game, but everything I've read and everything I've talked about is pointing to Brian Lewerke, their quarterback. I think that's how you say it. Um, he's he's keeping them in games and he's winning them games. He's he's passing at a sixty-four percent completion rate. Uh, yards per attempt is almost at eight. Six touchdowns, six interceptions. So not lighting it up by any means. Yeah. Um, he, he's a but what's your take? I think he's got a bit of a gunslinger mentality. Like you said, I mean, he's got he's got too high of a completion percentage to be inaccurate at sixty four. Right. Uh, two hundred almost two hundred seventy yards a game is quite good in college, but the six touchdowns to six interceptions, and especially for a team that isn't exactly dynamic running the ball, makes you think that he can't quite get it done. Yeah, and and people love him. Like, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like Big Ten personalities on Twitter that put out there like 
weekly quarterback rankings or, you know, best quarterbacks of the Big Ten. And he's always near the top. And I think it's just because of that. Like, he's he's accurate. He can manage a game enough. But it's just, I don't know. I, like, this this might be naive, but he doesn't scare me. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting there like, oh, Brian Lewerke's going to crush us, you know? Way more afraid of Dwayne Haskins, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, absolutely, and for he the most part. Didn't have, like, a dynamic game against us either. Right. And with much better athletes and running game around him. Yeah, and, that, and let's look at just some of the overall stats. So, like I said, passing-wise on the season, they have six – and, I mean, Lewerke is the only quarterback. There's not, like, a, there's a backup who's thrown one pass. So, six, six touchdowns, six interceptions – our yeah. quarterbacks, Trace and Sean combined, have 12, 12 and touchdowns and two. Yep. Their running backs combined have nine touchdowns. Our rushing game, 21. So it's just like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be overthinking this team, but my, my I, gut's just sitting there like, I'm not scared. News. Some good news. I just, just got a notification on the phone that Franklin says that uh, we had the best practice of his entire tenure as a coach today. Woo! Like okay. That. Best like of his that. entire tenure. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, I actually didn't hear him say that because I, I did watch the the press conference after practice today, and um, maybe this is what he was alluding to. Now that you say this, I, I caught a clip. He was talking about the scout team and how well improved the scout team is because of our depth, because of you know the amount of talent that we've been able to recruit, that they're able to see like game speed and practices where he says like two or three years ago, you know, you weren't really seeing game speed until Saturday. So that's pretty cool. Best practice of his tenure. And, and who knows, maybe that's just bullshit and getting the guys hyped, but I'm sure, I'm sure he means it like 85%. I don't know. I, I believe him. I trust him. Yeah. Hey, I will take it, man. That's, that's exciting. Um, so that's the Michigan state off. Like contain Lewerke, you know, make him make him make those throws. Like if he's sixty four percent, he's got to be taking some, you know, high percentage passes, like low risk, you know. Um, I mean, you can't say that too much when he's averaging almost eight yards of completion. Yeah, I guess. I, I I don't know. I like I said, this is I I'm I'm going purely not off numbers here. This is just me being like a eh. I don't know. He doesn't scare me. Um, I, I agree with. But, I have that same sentiment though. I don't think I don't find him very frightening either. And this is oh, this is gonna make some fucking terrible historical tweets if if they do come out and light it up. So, uh, yeah, like I said, defense lock them down, uh, be tough. <laughs> um, but for our defense, uh, yeah, I, I want to see our. You know, we've been talking about it all all year. On the front seven, get get pressure, continue pressure, um, and, and you know, make them make them beat you. Right, like don't give up the huge plays. Don't miss the tackles that we've been seeing and this i mean this sounds so like basic and dumb so again first time listeners i promise we're more intelligent than this but uh yeah i don't have any like glaring takes on this needs to happen for the defense to shut down michigan state's offense yeah i mean i think broadly what it comes down to is we're the better team and all we have to do is play our game and we win yeah yeah so one thing uh while we're on defense and i skipped over this on offense but Let's go to the Penn State injury report. Shane Simmons, all the way back. I am yes. so pumped for this one. Uh, so Shane Simmons is, I think he's in his third year now, defensive end. Uh, he was a highly, highly recruited kid. He was the top defensive prospect in our class that year. Um, you know, some recruiting services had him as high as like the top ten at one point. I think he finished in the top fifty. Really, really talented kid. Um, 
he's been plagued with some injuries, uh, you know, got stuck in the depth chart behind some other guys. But Franklin said he is ready to go. He's been uh, more of a complete player than he's ever been. He's up to 250 pounds. Uh, I think this kid just – I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, my God, he changes our defense. But he adds an element to that defensive end, end, edge pressure that – I'm not going to say we didn't have, but it just adds another layer of depth that I think is going to be – it's going to be one of those things, like, we didn't realize we needed it. But now that we have it, we're going to be really excited about this kid. Yeah, and, I mean, anything that – a, uh, a an, an opposing team has to draw resources away from their game plan to per, you know prevent something or plan for something. I'm all for, and that's what this kid is. Because you know he hasn't played a lot, so we don't know how you know what his impact is going to be. But I can mm-hmm. tell you that his impact, at the very least, is going to be drawing resources to him. Yeah, I I think he just he, he's a good combo of. Strength and speed. So you know, we've talked about how you've got Sharif on one side and Eater on the other, and they're they're both like power dudes, and they've got speed, but they're they both got a lot of power. Um, Shaka Tony is more of a speed specialist, uh, where he's kind of you know beat you around the outside. He's not going to overpower you, but he's going to beat you. And I think Shane is just a really nice balance of both. Where they they said they'll ease him in. You know, Franklin said if we get ten or twenty plays out of him this game, you know that'd be great. I, I still think he comes in and makes an impact. You know, I put up a poll on Twitter. You know, how many sacks and tackles for loss combined do you think he has in this game? And, you know, the, the, it was zero, one, two, or three plus. My vote was two. I think he, I think he could easily have two tackles in the backfield. Um, but I, my point being is, like, I, I see an impact, if not immediately in this game, absolutely down the stretch. And I think it makes our D-line as a whole just that much better. I agree. And I, our D-line in general, I think, has been improving of late. And I, I, looking forward, I think our defense looks good. Um, one, one key I'm kind of looking for this game is I want to see big things out of John Reed. Yeah. My two-time lamb. And, and a guy who should be a lot better than that. You know, he's, he's a talented guy. Uh, would have been a starter last season, you know, if he hadn't been injured. Uh, in, in a defensive backfield that all went to the NFL. So... I, I want to see some big things out of him this week. You know, maybe a turnover, some some very low passing yards against him. I I want to see him really show up. Yeah, I like that. And, and you know, I've mentioned that as he has been my lamb in the last two weeks. Uh, that's that's sort of out of love, right? Like, uh, not a, I think you suck, but I just, I really want to see you play to your potential. Uh, and another injury note is it looks like we're going to get Don Johnson back this week, a defensive back. He was in uniform at practice today. He hasn't played since getting hurt in the Illinois game. So I think uh, to your point about John Reed, I think even having more depth at defensive back helps out not only Don Johnson to get on the field, but I think it helps guys like John Reed too. When they're able to rotate, keep guys fresh, play the right matchups. I mean, I think that helps everyone. And yeah, I agree. I, I'm excited to see our, our secondary against Lowerky. It's kind of a funny name, Lowerky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to see our, our secondary. Um, I think I think we got a lot of talent back there. Uh, some of the young guys have really stepped up. Uh, some of the young safeties. So um, this is a game where again you show it. You know they, everybody is looking at you. Oh, you lost to Ohio State. You're not who you thought you were. Man, come out and shut them up. Agreed. I I want to yeah. And un- unfortunately, I don't know how much this game will send that message. Just because Michigan State hasn't been 
who people thought they were. But I think it would go a long way if you know if we beat them by twenty one. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean is is I think it's even I think that makes the point even more important that Michigan State hasn't been great because if, if we come out here and win this game by seven or ten points, people are going to look and say, "Oh man, Penn State lost to Ohio State." Now they just barely beat a shitty Michigan State team. And that kind of, you know, that creates that narrative. Dude, come out here, crush this team. And guess what? You know what? The worst thing that people are going to say is, well, yeah, you should have beat them. Cool. I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Like, I'd much rather have that than people questioning because it's a close game. Agreed. So I like that. I think the defense is in a good spot. A couple things, uh, injury-related Shane's back. Don Johnson's back. KJ Hamler seems fine. Uh, Franklin said, yes, he will play. He's been practicing normal this week. You know, he took that big hit at the end of the Ohio State game. So I think that's um, obviously a huge win. He's our he's our guy in that receiving core right now. Uh, and another thing is that all four tight ends are back this week, which we actually haven't had all year. So Friar Muth is actually the starter, uh, which I think he deserves. I, I mentioned this on our Ohio State recap is I think he's proven that he can be, you know, a real number one tight end for us. He blocks really, really well. He catches well, runs decent routes. I really like him as a tight end. Um, But then behind him, you've got Bowers, Holland, and Dalton all ready and available. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how how they mix them and how many reps each guys get. I think this will show us, is Fryermuth really the starter? And each one of those guys will get a couple reps. Or is Fryermuth just one on the depth chart and they're really going to rotate? Yeah, I mean, I think Fryermuth's really earned a spot. I've you know, other than that fumble against Illinois, and I think he had a drop in, what, week one or two? A pretty big one? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember that one, but I, I, I'm with that, you. I've been very impressed by him. Yeah, like I said, he's, he's had, he seems to have developed a, an early rapport with Trace. Um, you know, they went That's to him in a couple of key spots. Catches big spots. Yeah. Um, are you there, Pat? I think I lost you. Yes. No, I'm here. Oh. I'm here. Sorry, listeners. We're still here. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I really enjoy him. You know, he's he's a an all around tight end, a little different than Gasicki, but I'm okay with that. You know, it's I don't need a Gasicki, I just need a solid tight end. And I think he's that guy. Yeah, I mean you're not gonna have a Mike Gasicki on your team every season. I just don't make him like that. Um, Especially but, in position, you know. Right. Right. And then uh special teams. So we didn't really talk about special teams too much, but uh one thing Franklin pointed out in his press conference is that Michigan State is not afraid to run fake special teams plays, and, and he rattled off a couple that they've done over the last couple of years. So um, anything that you're looking out for on special teams, either uh, on either end, on, on, on us or on them? Well, that, that wasn't even something I considered until you brought it up. So that'll be an interesting wrinkle to watch because there's very few things that could swing a momentum, like you know a converted fake punt or something like that. Right, and I and I was trying to think. I don't think we've had one of those this year. Like we've gotten we've gotten hit with the onside kick a couple of times, but no true like fakes, right? No, we we, don't, we have not. Yeah, yeah. So that could be very interesting. But what else on uh, special teams? Our return game, our kicking game. I mean, I was thinking? thinking, you know, just more centered on special teams. Pretty disappointing last game between the returns, the kicking, and the punting. Uh, the kicking, obviously, not as disappointing as I originally thought. But it still wasn't great. Yeah. Um, so I, I would just like to see a more dynamic special teams, you know, performance overall, mostly from uh, returning because I'm um, punting. You know, Gilligan's going to play better than that. It'll get better. Uh, the kicking again wasn't as bad as I originally thought it was, but the returning was very. It just wasn't really existent. 
against Ohio State, which was disappointing because it has been so good. Yeah, and I think that I think that goes both ways. I think that is a little bit of a testament to Ohio State no, sure. covering the returns sure. well. Um, but I am interested to see what they'll do this week with with KJ being a little banged up from that last game. I mean, he's gotten plenty of time to recover if it wasn't a serious injury. But they've kind of been, you know, he's been our kick returner. And then at punt return, they've been, you know, uh, splitting time between him and DeAndre. So I do wonder if you see a little bit less of KJ in the return game just to make sure kind of he's okay and back to normal. Um, I hope not because I think he's electric back there. But uh, that'll be interesting. I don't know if I saw the depth chart this week. Yeah, I'd be okay with them handing over most of the punt returning to DeAndre, though. You know, just to, again, be a little cautious with KJ in a game that we should win. And I think DeAndre's been pretty damn great as a punt returner. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, he's, he had a couple of those scary ones where he was kind of catching up behind him. Um, but uh, I like DeAndre back there. And, and the other thing, too, is we've got other guys that have – either excelled at punt return before or, um, you know, I've shown flashes of just, you know, athleticism. So John Reed was a punt returner two years ago when he was healthy and, and did pretty damn good at it. Um, maybe you throw him in there, get him some confidence, you know, and, and let his game elevate. Uh, Journey Brown, uh, who's like, shit, fourth, fifth string running back at this point. The dude is lightning fast. He, I mean, he was a, you know, 100 meter, you know, all state champion in high school, broke all kinds of records. You know, we saw him get on the field, I think, once was it the uh, Illinois game, maybe, yep. uh, at the end of it uh, for a touchdown. So he's a guy that could be back there. Um, Brandon Polk is super, super speed. Like, everyone loves KJ. We know he's the fastest man in the world. Uh, what, is that, what was that movie, Superbad? He's the fastest kid alive. Oh, he's the fastest kid alive. <laughs> uh, uh, we all know that. I, I don't know. I like him as a kick returner. I, I don't need him as the punt returner. I agree, yeah. I, that, I think that's a good way to put it especially with how good DeAndre's been and how many guys we could potentially have doing it. Right. Um, stalling for a minute because I'm scrolling down on the depth chart. Where is it? Uh, punt returner. So. As a punt returner? Yeah, so kick, kick returner right now. KJ is number one. Journey Brown is number two. And then Ricky Slade, number three. So three speedsters. And then punt return, you've got DeAndre one, KJ two, and John Reed three. So okay, yeah, he's still on there, but kind of, kind of what we were thinking too. All those guys are in the mix. Yeah, I'd love to see some of those other guys get some opportunities. Yeah, especially Tony Brown. I didn't know he was, you know, that. I didn't know he was a track star. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, if you look him up, and he had some crazy records. There was a there was a game in high school where he ran for it was like ten touchdowns in a single game. Something like something absurd, like five hundred yards, six hundred yards in one single game. And again, doesn't matter level of competition. That's just goddamn impressive. Oh yeah. Um, another interesting wrinkle on the depth chart. So we talked about C.J. Thorpe, um, highly touted offensive lineman, was flipped over to defensive lineman uh, in preparation for the Ohio State game due to some injuries and, and depth stuff. And he's actually listed as third string defensive tackle right now. So I wonder if they're going to ride with that for the rest of the year, moving him from from offense to defense. Yeah, that was an interesting move. Um, I mean, he's just, he's, he's a, and we said he's a mauler. He's just, he's, he's a nasty player. He just demolishes guys. So I kind of like the fit. Um, I just wonder if they're doing it more. And cause Franklin kind of flip-flopped, you know, when he first did it, he said, oh, well, you know, we're going to see how it is. We'll, we'll put him where we need him." And now he's practicing with the defense. He's there. And uh, Cam Brown, uh, linebacker had a funny quote. Uh, he said, it's more peaceful 
with CJ on our side because he's yelling at them, not us, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, that, that, that's the kind of mentality you want in a defensive guy. Yeah, I, I think he – even when I saw him as an offensive tackle, like, yes, he fits it, but, man, I love him on the wild dog. So, that will be cool to see him kind of break into it as well. Yeah, hopefully we see him get some time this week. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, that's really all we got, I think, for the actual game. So, like I said, Penn State, right now you got them at minus 14, over-unders at 54. I, if, I'm going to wait till, I man, I, Penn State's covered in four out of the five games. The only one we haven't covered is App State. Mm-hmm. And, hell, App State is looking damn good, man. People are, people are petitioning to rank App State, which I think is just hilarious. Like, it's Penn State, and there's one other school that's pushing hard that they want App State to be ranked because it'll make – you know, our games against them look better. Of course. Um, but that's the only game we haven't covered, right? We were three or four-point underdogs to Ohio State. We covered that. We've covered everything else. Minus 14 to me, like I said, I think they need to in this game. So, yes, I would definitely take that. The over-unders is, um, you know, I love my overs, but 54, If I, I'm just, I'm not confident enough in Michigan State's offense. Yeah, I take the um, one. Yeah, if, if our defense comes out and pitches a seven or a ten-point game, it wouldn't surprise me if it went under. Again, my blind faith in the offense is take the over because we're going to score forty something ourselves. But that's when I'll probably wait because I could see that I could see that line even moving a little bit lower as we get closer to game time. Okay, that's interesting. I I would take the under. Um, okay. And as as much as I think we're going to put up points, I could see us struggling early with that run defense if we don't come out and try and establish the pass. You know, early on. My prediction for this one is. 35-13. Okay. Uh, just to clarify for the listeners, who's winning the game? Oh, come on now. <laughs> uh, 35-13. Okay, I like that. Um, yeah, for me, I, I I have us scoring a little bit more. Uh, so I'm going to say 40, I don't know, 44. I don't even know how you get to that number, but I'm just going to pick it. Okay. I'm going to say 44 to 10. Just because I like it. So that would actually put us right on 54. Damn, I didn't even mean to do that. I'm an idiot. Now my now I can't take the over. Um, 45 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to win 45 to 10. Take the over. It'll be a nail-biter. We're going to cash. All right. Okay. Um, but that's all we got. Anything else, uh, anything else Penn State this week? We talked a little bit recruiting. Uh, so on the bye week, uh, Franklin and the staff hit – Hit the road hard. Uh, staff went to 108 schools in 20 different states. That to me is just incredible. Yeah, I, I saw that. Like, a, hey, the guy's a workhorse, and he's a great recruiter. Yeah, Franklin himself was at 25 schools in eight different states. So, got to keep building that pipeline. We did have one today. Uh, one of our top targets for the 2019 class, Lewis Sign, one of the t- uh, top defensive backs. I think he's, I think he's ranked like number 35 overall. Uh, all players, really, really talented kid. Uh, commits to Georgia today. Um, we were we were in his final. We were in his final three or five or something like that. So that one kind of sucks. But there's always time for kids to flip. Number one. And uh, number two, this is this is kind of what happens when you get into that upper echelon. I think, I think for the last couple of years we've been in that sort of mid tier where we were getting a lot of the kids where we weren't necessarily their best offer, but we were towards the top of their list. Now a lot of the kids we're going after, you know, it's the cream of the crop, which I love. It's it's what you need to do to build this program, and and we're getting there. But these things are going to happen. Kids are going to commit to Bama. Kids are going to commit to Georgia, to Clemson, to Ohio State over us, but. Hey, keep plugging along and hitting 100 plus schools. 
you're going to get the right ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I love to see the fact that we're even in the running for a kid that's in the top, you know, 35 overall and commits to a school that, you know, there's a good chance they win a national championship in the next five years. Yeah, I mean, hell, Georgia has just built that team up crazy. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. So let's, all right, let's wrap up with this as we're getting into the 40-plus minute range. Speaking of Georgia, what do you, let's, let's just have some fun. We're focused on Michigan State, of course, but let's have some fun. We are number eight. We need some things to go our way to get even in the conversation of top five, six, four, wherever you want to be. What's your sort of prediction? Let's, let's assume that we win out. What do you kind of see happening with the rest of the top eight right now? Ugh, this is this is a hard one because all right, so obviously either Alabama or Georgia has to lose. Yep. Right. Um, here's the thing, though. I feel like if Alabama loses, there's no way that a committee keeps them out. If they finish with one loss and that loss is to Georgia, there's no way that the committee keeps Alabama out of the playoff for that. I just don't see it. Uh, Georgia is a little more likely, but I, I, yeah, they've, they've got a decent schedule coming up, Georgia. So Georgia has LSU this week, who was undefeated until last week. And then they have Florida who's number 14. So they have 13 LSU, 14, Florida, 18, Kentucky, which I don't know how the hell they're 18 and then 21 Auburn. So their next four games are against ranked teams that could either one make them look real good if they win all four of them in dominant fashion or they could lose one or two of those. Yeah, and they're kind of going the opposite direction from another team that scares me because they're a real favorite in Notre Dame. Notre Dame mm-hmm. is 6-0 and and has played all their best competition already. Yep. It'll, it, it'll be disappointing for a Notre Dame fan if they don't finish undefeated at this point. Oh, yeah, big time. And, and that's what's going to suck is, like, if Notre Dame is undefeated, they are 100% in the, fo- the college football playoff. Yeah. I don't care about strength of schedule. I don't care about this, that, the other. Like, at the end of their schedule, they may have three ranked teams. If that, uh, Virginia Tech might fall out. So they might have two ranked teams on their schedule. Um, but, yeah, an, an undefeated Notre Dame is not going to miss out on the playoff. Yeah, I, I, it's, to me, it's, it's too difficult to predict us getting into the playoff just because we, we're no longer in control of our own destiny. Um, Especially, you know, if Iowa State wins out, we, we don't even go to the Big Ten Championship. And, you know, we can finish 11-1, yep. and one, but, you know, that puts Ohio State at 12-0, you know, and 0, Alabama maybe at 12-0, and 0, Georgia maybe at 11-1, and 1, Notre Dame at 12-0. and 0. And, I mean, this is, of course, it's a lot harder than, it, than I'm making it sound for all these teams to go undefeated and one loss, but there's just things have to go right for us. Yeah, I'm completely with you, and I, and I I see the same thing. I think I think at least one of those teams above us loses right now. Um, I, I think at least a, a Georgia, a Notre Dame, a Clemson has been a little scary. Like I think one of those teams definitely loses once. I don't think that's enough to get us into the playoff. But my goal and every fan's goal and every player's goal should be go out every week, dominate, go one and zero. So. I'm excited about the rest of the season, and I'm very happy that we're in the position we are right now, even after a loss. Um, but, yeah, let's go out, dominate Michigan State, dominate the next one, dominate the next one. And, hell, 11-1 and one with a one-point loss to Ohio State. It's not what you want, but, it damn, that's a could pretty big be good season. Enough. It could be good enough. Yeah. Yep. So let's, let's, let's put that ball in the committee's court. Um, 
Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, Penn State, Michigan State, homecoming. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Pat, any last words for the fans? Uh, yes. This is a non-football-related note, but in, I want to say, nine days is the World Wrestling Championships in Budapest. And Ooh. Penn State alum David Taylor, the magic man, is going to be going for his first ever world championship, world title. And I'm telling you, my man is going to pull it out. He is going to be – he's going to come out of this tournament the best pound-for-pound wrestler in the whole world. Man, the world. That is just cool to say. Uh, that's a Pat Calicchio guarantee. Guarantee. Uh, we talked about – We've talked about David Taylor on the show before. I think you guaranteed something before, and he won. Didn't I guaranteed you? that he was going to be a multiple world and Olympic champion. Okay, so this is the first step. Yes, this is it. All right, here we go. David Taylor, if you are listening, we are behind you. We support you. Represent Penn State and get it done, brother. We are.